everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Grace Atwood. And I'm Becca Freeman. And today we're going to talk about our book. Yeah, our book is Save the Date by Morgan Matson. Yeah. I loved it. I don't think you did. Um, It was okay. It wasn't my favorite. I liked it better than To All the Boys I've Loved. So, and I, I thought it was really cute. And I liked the main character more. We're going to talk about it. Yeah. I feel like if you liked All the Boys I Loved before, You're gonna you would love, love this. this. Yes. So before we get into it, let's let's talk about ourselves. Yes, let's. Tell me your high, Grace. So my high was I was um, – my birthday was last week. And if you listened last week, I was a little not so psyched about turning 37. I'm still not very psyched to be 37. But I have, like, been celebrating so much. We had a fun dinner at the polo bar on the actual night. That was very fun. It was really fun. And then I had a night off, and then I went to Southampton with some of my girlfriends. Um, It was technically a blogger trip, but it was really just fun. Um, We went to St. Ambrose and had the most amazing chocolate cake, and, like, there were celebrations, and... It was just really fun, and now this is very funny, but I'm actually going back to Polo Bar with one of my good friends because it's his birthday as well, so we are celebrating again tonight, and then the birthday festivities are officially over. That's wild. You're going out on a Monday night. Today is Monday that we're recording. Yeah. That's not very 37 of you. No. I I think you're still young at heart. Yeah, I think I'm actually 27. (laughs) I'm so glad that your birthday wasn't as traumatic as you expected it to be. Yeah, yeah. It really wasn't that traumatic. Did so. you did you do anything fun on the actual day? Um, I did. I went to New York Dermatology Group. They have this like wellness center. Mm-hmm. And um, one of their brands is Suzanne Kaufman. And Oh, yeah. Um, the, I, this was actually like treat, I was treated to it by the brand, but they gave me a facial and a massage. She's like the best birthday pampering. I always love to get a massage on my birthday. Yeah, it was really nice. So it felt good. Um, What's your high? My high was that I was in Boston this past weekend. So I went to Boston College, and so I went back this past weekend for a football game. And apparently we're good this year. I don't care that much about football. So I was there for the company and the tailgate more than the game itself. But it was the perfect fall day. It was... It was so nice to be back. We had a tailgate and we had tons of snacks and drinks and we just had a blast. And it's always so good to see my friends from college. There were a couple of people there from out of town. So it was really nice. That's so nice. Although I feel like I'm paying for it now because anytime I get together with my friends from college, I feel like we regress to college behavior. So I feel like I have a two-day hangover. Not physically... But mentally and emotionally, I feel very fragile right now. Yeah, yeah, I know what that's like. I feel that way about just after, like, drinking on my birthday, then drinking over the weekend. For me, I don't know about you, but I find that wine is particularly bad for this. Oh, no, I'm the opposite. If I – because we had martinis on your birthday, and I almost never drink hard alcohol. Yeah, vodka doesn't really affect me. Oh, my God. I – could feel it the next day oh funny well we did have wine afterwards too yeah but I don't feel that way when I have wine it's when I have hard liquor it just goes straight to my head oh okay well we when we were in Southampton we started like we went wine tasting at Walfer like we had a lot of wine like all day and all night and I felt like shit the next day yeah I still feel like shit 
Well, that kind of goes into my low. I think we kind of have the same low. Yeah. So my low is that I'm feeling really anxious. So yesterday I took the train back from Boston to New York and I was feeling so anxious on the train about all of the work emails that I had and the internet wasn't really working on the train. So it's not like I could get a lot of stuff done and feel better. Yeah. So I was feeling really anxious about all these emails that I had to respond to and just about about work stuff. And I was just like really spiraling. And it's funny because I canceled my Pilates class this morning that I was supposed to go to because I wanted to take the morning to catch up. So I felt like I was in a better place. Yeah. And I had to do some invoices and I had to do respond to a bunch of emails and Honestly, it took less than an hour. It's not actually that I have so much to do. I think that I'm just feeling really stressed because my whole work situation is out of my control. Yeah. And I don't like feeling like it's not in my power. I think that's the biggest thing to get used to as a freelancer is the fact that like it is not in your control yeah. and you're like at the liberty of these brands and their 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 budgets and what have you. Yeah. And like I, I'm kind of in the same boat as a blogger. Like sometimes I have so many projects that I have to turn things down and then some months I have nothing and I'm like shit and I'm, and I start to scramble and worry. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm worried. That's what it is. Like it's not actually that I have so much work or it's not that I'm late on things or anything. I'm just like feeling a little anxious about yeah. work things. I feel like this is going to be the theme of this fall on the podcast is yeah. that work is either going to be my high or my low or both every week (laughs) yeah I'm just settling into this you're settling into a groove you're gonna get you're gonna get used to it and you're gonna love it yeah I feel better having cleared out my queue of the things that I thought were going to be such a big deal in terms of like emails and invoicing this morning so hopefully now I can get into my week on a better foot yeah you will but I feel like your low is similar it is. So I am so behind on my work and I like haven't been able to work out because like I was in the Hamptons and then I have, I've had like these weirdly structured days and I hate when this happens, but like where I have like a morning meeting and then I have a couple hours to like get work done and then I have a, a lunch meeting and then I have like a couple hours to get work done and then I have a dinner. So there's, those are like the kind of the three buckets of time where I would work out. Mm-hmm. And so I haven't had time and I feel like disgusting from the birthday booze and chocolate but also like unable to work out because I've like stacked my calendar with meetings and things since I haven't been here all summer so I'm like playing catch up yeah um so I feel like your stress is real and mine is just imagined but it's the same (laughs) no it's the same stress and it's it's not imagined because work is your livelihood and it's scary when you don't have things coming in I know but my first so this is a story I'll tell you and maybe it'll help our readers too when I first left bobble bar I had no sponsored posts for a full month oh my god so I and I had saved and like was financially okay yeah which you are too but you're also like oh my god am I gonna be able to keep doing this and then I swear to you two months later like I was like drowning in projects again I know I know it'll happen I'm just I am I don't I'm not patient for one yeah And I don't like things being out of my control. Yeah. It's the hardest part about being self-employed. But back to you. Do you have time this week to have workouts? Can you just schedule everything in your calendar in advance so that it's sacred? Yes. Well, after we pod today, I'm going to go running. Oh, good. And then tomorrow I'm going to go running. And then I can get back on track with yoga, I think, 
Wednesday or Thursday. Oh, good. Because running, you can, like, that I just need to, like, plug it in and, like, go run for half an hour. Yeah. And at least I feel better. Yeah. But I haven't had time for yoga for a few days. I'm like, that's my favorite. Do you ever do at-home yoga? I do. I like yoga with Adrian, but I I think that it's not really that good of a workout. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's fine. It's getting fixed this week. It's getting fixed. We're getting back on track this week. Then this weekend is going to be a gravity blanket weekend. And then next weekend, next week, I'll be like new again. That's great. My calendar next week, I have like plans only like one or two nights. And I'm so excited. Oh, that's perfect. Don't make more plans. I, I You know I will. Because then I'm trying no, to don't date. don't do it. Just push them off until the following week. But I need to date because I'm going to die alone. Mm. Now that I'm 37, like time's a ticking. Well, you have a head start. <laughs> you already have a cat. I do. You can just get five more. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. (laughs) Thanks, Becca. That's really kind of you. I'm really (laughs) solution-oriented. You are. Now people are going to say that you're mean to me. I know. People always complain that I'm mean to you. (laughs) She's not mean to me, guys. If anyone anyone in this room is mean, it's me. (laughs) So. So let's talk about. Now that we've planted in your head that I'm mean, let's talk about leaving us a nice review. (laughs) Leave us a review, guys. It's Desperation Minute. So oh, here we are, Desperation. Please, pretty please, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. We love, love, love reading your reviews. They're our favorite thing. The other thing you can do is screenshot um, the podcast from your phone, put it in your Instagram stories, and tell a friend. And um, if you already did all that, follow us on social media, join the Facebook group, we're on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast. There's so many fun, desperate things you can do. Yeah. And if well, you've we're already, the desperate ones. If you've already done all of that, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That was only a desperation 30 seconds. Yeah, we did well. Let's talk about our book. Yes. Let's talk about our book. So our book is um, by Morgan Matson. It's called Save the Date. And she's a pretty prolific YA author. Had you read any of her other books? No, but I was like... It was weird because I ordered it on Amazon, and I guess I ordered a signed copy. Mm-hmm. So I now have a signed copy from who I guess is a kind of famous author. Look at you. Spoiler, I'm not saving it. It's getting given away. <laughs> oh, my God. My sister will really like it. Ugh. Which sister? Meredith, I think. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's tell people the plot so that we can yeah. fight over whether over, this book was It's great. actually, it's not that bad, but it's not my favorite. I thought it was wonderful. Yes. Okay. This is such a Becca book because it's like a John Hughes book. It is. I'll tell you what else it reminded me of after. Okay. So the book is about the main character is a girl named Charlie. She is the youngest of the five Grant siblings and she is still in high school but all of her older siblings have already left home but they're coming home for the weekend because it's her sister Linny's wedding. Yes. So it's worth noting that her mom has this like really famous comic strip which is based on the whole family. Yes. So it's kind of like the comic strip angle is really cute. We'll talk about that. But um, she's kind of been almost like not exploiting her family, but like talking about her family for like Charlie's whole childhood. And she's like a really big fan of it and loves it. But the family's really close. And um, the oldest sister is actually getting married here. So the book takes place over the course of the weekend where the wedding is happening. Um, and basically anything that can go wrong goes wrong. Yeah. So it starts where Linny's wedding planner skips town. And so they have a replacement wedding planner. 
And his assistant is his nephew, Bill, who is about Charlie's age. And they keep getting thrown together on all of these errands. And they have to work together to save Linny's wedding. Yeah. Meanwhile, Charlie has a massive crush on her older brother's best friend, Jesse. Now, I'm just going to say that the book opens with Charlie and Jesse making out. Yes. And I was like, oh, I might like this young adult book. Like, this is kind of spicy. Like, it was that that opening scene was like pretty spicy. Yeah. Um, especially for high school. I was like, wow, this is kind of a lot. Like, are we getting into like a paper princess type of situation? Oh, yeah. We weren't. It's very wholesome. But it opened up like quite spicy. So she has this massive, massive crush on her older brother's best friend. And she had hooked up with him over Christmas break. And so now she's like in the middle of all this wedding stuff. And he shows up as her brother's platonic plus one. Yes. So the day of the wedding... Everything is going wrong, like from the suit to the band to the wedding, like everything is going wrong. Um, But of course, they still have a great wedding because it's about the people who are there and that they love each other and not about the other stuff. But um, Charlie decides that Jesse actually isn't all that important to her and that she wants to spend time with her family instead. And she's super close to her family. It's really cute how close they are. But the night of the wedding, it comes out that her parents are actually getting a divorce. Yes. Which is really hard for her. This is when I started to like the book more. Yeah. Because it was more real. So the whole book, she'd been grappling with where she wanted to go to college. And ultimately, she decides that she's going to go to Northwestern. And it turns out Bill goes to college in Chicago as well. So they stay in touch. And there's like a very hopeful outlook for them being together. Yeah. But I liked that they weren't together. Because like this book could have so easily just like had them like kissing and running off into the sunset at the end well the story was about her family and her relationship yeah and her identity in her family more so than just a love triangle yes agreed so I said it before I loved it I felt like this book felt like a warm hug it was just like so light so fun it was predictable I will give you that in terms of like you know that everything's gonna work out but it was like a lot of like hijinks yeah but you know what it reminded me of what okay so it reminded me kind of of a cross between the family stone have you seen that movie yes and it upset me oh, i love that. i hate those movies where every anything that can go wrong goes wrong um they give me like a lot of anxiety and i'm like this was not a pleasant pleasant oh. viewing experience but the family stone is also about like a kind of weird but very loving family and it also kind of reminded me of the Gilmore Girls a little where there's all this family drama but you know that it will always work out in the end and there's like a protagonist who isn't perfect Mm -hmm. because I also want to talk about her relative to Lara Jean from to all the boys I loved before yeah but I felt like Charlie was such a great character where she was real but she still had morals she wasn't a mean girl Um, she was nice and she was figuring stuff out and it was a little messy but you know, ultimately, she was like a Rory Gilmore. Mm-hmm. She was very likable. Yeah. I loved this. I feel like... I liked her a lot more than Lara Jean from I, To All the Boys Who I Loved. I feel like this would make such a good movie. I wouldn't want to watch it. <laughs> Too many things went wrong. No, but I feel like it would make sense. It was over a weekend. Like, it would be very self-contained. It would make such a good movie. Netflix, if you were listening to this, which I doubt you are make this into a new Netflix original movie. 
Yeah, so if you or anyone you know works for Netflix, please. I would like to see this Please help this happen. Oh my God, it was so cute. Like it feels like, you know, on a Sunday when you're tired and you're with your gravity blanket and like TBS always plays like really predictable chick flicks. Oh yeah, you know what I did when I got home from the Hamptons last night? What'd you watch? How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Exactly. Like I feel like this would be that type of movie. But I guess with a teen angle. Yeah, agreed. Like it's not life-changing or very smart, but it was like just really comforting. It was really cute. I was reading this in between reading um, The Beautiful Fall, which mm-hmm. you had me read, and I still haven't finished The Beautiful Fall. I'm bad with nonfiction. Me too. I always abandon it. But um, it was really nice to have something so lighthearted to read like yeah. in between like more meaty chapters about fashion history. Yeah. And I loved having a glimpse into a big family because I'm an only child, which we've covered at length. And I always wanted older siblings. I always wanted old. I'm the oldest, so I always wanted an older sibling. Like I did feel jealous of her relationship with Danny. I know. I also loved how like it. Re- she realized that Danny wasn't perfect. I know. And like all of that with Brooke, and they didn't try and make her and Brooke become best friends. No. But she just kind of realized like, oh shit, like my brother's kind of a dick, and we're all encouraging him. You know what? I actually wanted more than older siblings. What? A twin. Um, so. It sounds like trouble. Too. I can't imagine two of you running around. <laughs> well, I'm the same age as Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen, and I feel like they sold it really hard with all yeah. of their like all of their movies. Were you too old for those? No, but this is, again, this is reminding me of the difference we have in age because my youngest sister was also obsessed with oh Mary-Kate and Ashley. Like, she had, like, the posters all over her room, and she watched all the movies. I didn't have posters, but I loved the movies. Yeah. She loved them. Her and her best friend like would try and dress like them and look yes. like twins. They sold being a twin really hard. And also, <laughs> I feel like I came of age also at the same time. Do you remember the movie Escape to Witch Mountain? Yeah, yeah. That was good. And it was a boy twin and a girl twin. They were, they were fraternal twins. And I think they had ESP. <laughs> so in my head, I think I also thought that most twins yeah. were psychically connected. Yeah. Ugh. But I loved this. I loved that they had... All these siblings that all had, like, these unique personalities, but they, like, yeah. and all of their family traditions, like, capture the flag. I loved that. Yeah. It was really, it was very heartwarming. Ugh. Yeah. I loved this. I don't, like, you're wrong. If you I didn't, didn't hate like it. it. It just wasn't my favorite. It was kind of slow at times. Um, and I just felt like there were so many things going wrong that I was, like, starting to guess what was going to go wrong next. I was like, oh, well, this happened. So, like, obviously the cake is going to have a problem, like... But it was cute. I'm not saying it was bad. I'd give it like a B, a B minus. Okay. I've had books on my reading list where I give them a C. Fine. Well, let's talk about... And it's not, it's not Listen to Your Heart. No. Oh, that was so bad. Oh my God. Oh my God. That, I still have PTSD from that. Well, I really liked Charlie. Let's talk about... Yeah. What did you think of her? I liked her. I thought that she was... I liked that she was, like, a little bit less wholesome than Lara Jean. Yes. Like, Lara Jean was, like, painfully wholesome. You're like, let me shake you and, like, give you a dose of real life. Well, she loved her family, but in, like, and she was the middle sister, but she loved them in, like, a babyish way. Yeah, it was very babyish. Yeah, like, I felt like she was, I couldn't relate to Lara Jean from To All the Boys I Loved Before that much because she was, like, too innocent. Yes. And I felt like Charlie was the right balance before becoming a high school mean girl mm-hmm. that she was really into boys and she 
I don't know. I liked her, and I liked... I did. There was two things that were annoying me. I was getting really annoyed about the thing with Jesse because, like, clearly he was bad news. Yeah, but, and, like, weren't you a high school idiot? Like, yeah. Oh, totally. I could relate to it big time. But yeah. Was, that doesn't mean I wasn't annoyed. Sure. Um, and the other thing was the college situation. Mm-hmm. I just was like, you're being completely ridiculous. Like, the idea that they're moving out of their childhood home so she has to go to school near her home. I just thought that was weird. Well, wait. You went to school close to home, right? Like two hours away how did you decide where you wanted to go um well so I ended up transferring oh yeah that's right but basically the first school was because I didn't get into the schools I really wanted to go to Stonehill was my safety so and then I got to Stonehill and I hated it it was a catholic school like there was priests in the dorms I was in an all-gourd girls dorm room I had a group of really nice friends for like a few months and then they decided they didn't like me anymore oh no Um, so I transferred to Bentley where my boyfriend at the time went which like I hated being the girl who transferred to be with her boyfriend but I had nicer friends at Bentley than I did Mm -hmm. at Stonehill because I was there a lot visiting him Mm -hmm. and I went I'm so glad I transferred to Bentley it was like the best thing I ever did but Stonehill was kind of just like it was between them there and UNH and I didn't want to go to a really big school were any of the schools that you wanted to go to far away yeah like most of them were in like northern Maine like I really wanted to go and it's funny I couldn't picture myself there now but I really wanted to go to like one of those small liberal arts like Bowdoin Bowdoin Bates Bates was my number one oh okay Colby um there's another one oh I didn't apply to Middlebury but Middlebury is like along those lines Mm mm-hmm I was like, I was like, I want to go to somewhere where I wear like Patagonia fleeces and like live the like college liberal arts dream. Because I didn't go to college close to home. Yeah. How did you decide? I wanted to go far away and I wanted to live in a city. Oh, I didn't want to go far away. So that I was the opposite of her where I was like itching to get away. Oh, interesting. So I only applied to colleges that were far from home okay you're brave I had like an idea in my head of like I don't know I, I think I wanted to live in a city yeah yeah was I was not ready for a city. so I mean I didn't relate to her in that regard but I understood why like it was like she was holding on to her sense of home by going to college somewhere familiar yeah yeah but it didn't sound like the school she wanted to go to was like the right choice academically or like socially yeah but let's talk about the boys yes let's talk about them so what did you think about bill and jesse i loved bill i thought he was such a sweetheart like the him like sleeping in the back of the car so that he could like be um be able to help out his uncle i don't think they make boys like that though like he was like the golden retriever of boyfriends yes he was but do you know any boys that would like go help their uncle plan a wedding well, he was getting paid. It was his job. Yeah, I know, but, like, think about it. I don't know. I don't know any boys that age, but. I felt like he was just, like, the stuff that dream boyfriends are made of. Yeah, he was. And he sounds really cute. And when they danced in the grocery store, that was so cute and romantic. Yeah. What a good movie scene that would be. It would be a great movie. Who do you think would play him? Like, maybe Zac Efron? Well, Zac Efron's, like, 30 now, so that would be creepy. Oh, yeah. See, that's the thing, like, also now, like. Zach Efron seems really young to me. But I feel like Jesse could be like Noah Centineo from To All the Boys I Loved Before. I don't know who that is. 
He's the hot guy from To All. He was Peter Kavinsky in To oh. All the Boys I Loved Before. I fell asleep during that. Grace, we are just very disconnected this episode. <laughs> but everyone loved that movie. It was like all it was breaking Twitter. But with Jesse, I totally got why she was into him. So I'd actually forgotten this, but I remembered while I was reading this that I have a similar story. So I had the biggest crush on this guy my freshman year of high school. And I feel like I was pretty like Charlie where I'd kissed boys, but like I didn't have any experience or hadn't really had any serious boyfriends. And I had the biggest crush on this guy who was a couple of years older and nothing happened. Like I just had (laughs) such a big crush on him. But then later when I went to college, he also went to college in Boston and we ended up reconnecting somehow, like maybe through Facebook or something. He saw where I went to school But anyway, we ended up going on a couple of dates and I was so just like my mouth was on the ground that we were on a date to begin with. Like I was so like flabbergasted that this was even happening. Yeah. That it actually took me a few dates before like the hero worship wore off. And I was like, I don't actually think I like this guy. Oh, that's so funny. But at the time I was like, oh my God, my 14 year old self would be freaking out right now. Like I'm on a date with this guy who I had such a crush on. And that like, there's just something about like the wish fulfillment of it where you're like, no, but this has to work out. Yeah. Yeah. And like it kind of, she came to her senses probably quicker than I did where I was like, oh, he's not that great. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny when that happens. But like, I feel like when you're in high school or college, you have to have that like bad for you mm-hmm. boyfriend not that Jesse was bad for her but just like he was the wrong choice yes did you have a bad for you boyfriend or crush in high school I'm really trying to think about that and I don't think I did I had so we're going to talk about this other book that I've been reading which was like it was like about this this couple that was like best friends mm-hmm. and then they like it blossomed into a romance and like I had something like that oh okay like I had I was like in love with my best friend for a while but you didn't like the bad boys no, I didn't do that till after college. Oh man, I always dated really nice boys until until I hit my thirties, and then I was like, I don't know, I have problems. Clearly, <laughs> I don't know, guys. Oh. Now I'm like, oh, give me a give me a bad boy. Like if I feel an immediate tra- attraction to a man when he walks in the room, he's usually trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was glad that she did end up. I don't know if she ended up with Bill, but the door was open for her to yeah, end up with. Yeah, I Bill. loved that the door was open. Yeah, yeah, it just seemed like. A fake, like he seemed like a book character. Yeah, he didn't seem like a real person, but I loved him. Yeah. Yeah, and then Jesse was, he was just bad, but. He wasn't bad. He was like, he, he was, was a, a college guy. He was guy, a college guy. And he flirted with somebody else at the wedding, but it wasn't like he had like a secret serious relationship. Or yeah, it wasn't no. like he treated her like trash. No, he didn't do anything wrong. He was just a college boy. He just like didn't care that much about a high school girl and like yeah. was into making out with her, but wasn't, wasn't like into having a relationship with her the same way that she was. Yeah. So I liked that. I liked that he wasn't terrible. Yeah, he wasn't terrible. That's true. I think that, like, as girls, sometimes we're like, oh, he's terrible. And so, well, actually, he just didn't like you as much as you liked him. Right. Like. Right. Which is the story of my life as well. Just kidding. Sort of. <laughs> You're a real downer this episode. I know. What's wrong with me? I, I, like, have a very dark sense of humor, you guys. And sometimes that doesn't always translate. Um, You know what else I loved? 
What? I loved the comic book angle. Or not the comic book, the comic strip angle. Yeah, I thought that was cute. Well, it was interesting because you you know, you open the, up the book and there's this comic strip and I'm like, what do I do with this? Like, yeah. okay. And then I loved that like, and then I had I found myself going back to the previous pages with comic strips to see what, what had happened as I understood yeah, it was better. it was so cute. They were her mom wrote a comic strip that was nationally acclaimed, so everyone kind of like knew their family through the comic strip. Yeah, because it was like a fictionalized version of all of the five kids. They each had a counterpart in the comic. Yeah, and so the book, the weekend of the wedding, was also the last weekend that the comic was going to run in the newspaper. So it was kind of like the end of an era. Yeah. But I thought that whole angle was like very, very cute. Yeah. But there was a whole second plot line about her brother Mike, who was estranged from the family because he'd gotten in a fight with their mom over the comic strip. Yeah. And the, the, actually, like, I really agreed with him. So I thought this is a whole nother sideline, but like, this made me think a lot about bloggers who like share s- such intimate details of their families on the internet. And I often think like, if I had kids, I don't think that I would put them on my, like maybe on my Instagram story. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But nothing that's like lasting. I often wonder like what's going to happen when these kids grow up and these mommy bloggers have just like documented their kids' entire lives yeah. on the internet without any consent. Also, I feel like it fosters a sense that you know them in a way that you probably don't. don't. Like these families yes. where you like understand their family dynamic. And it's really just like the rosiest parts of it where I'm sure. Yeah, like it came out that Brooke had really like like want, was dying to meet the family because she felt like she knew them from the comic strip. Well, the whole fight was about, so Mike, yeah. who's the second youngest child, um, had come home from his girlfriend's naked one time and it (laughs) was he got caught so he ran out the window with no clothes yeah and so the whole family thought this was really hysterical and the mom put it in the comic strip but he had asked her specifically like please don't use this in the comic strip and the girlfriend had very strict parents right so like she would have gotten in like huge amounts of trouble yeah so she put it in the comic strip and the girl's parents figured out what had been going on and so his girlfriend dumped him and she was in trouble with her parents and it like actually had a lasting effect. Yeah. So, and it felt like it just really made me upset that the mom just didn't listen to the son. Like you have so much other material. Yeah. I mean that part I agree with, but the fact that they were in the comic strip, like it sounded like she started it when they were children. So it kind of, it's like kind of a chicken or the egg thing where it's like, even if you ask your five-year-old if they care if they're in a comic, they probably would be like, sure, that's cool. Like, they don't get it yeah. well enough. But then by the time they were old enough to resent it, it was already her livelihood. Yeah. So it's kind of a hard thing, where, like you were saying about mom bloggers, where it's like, of course, when their children are really little, they don't care. Yeah. But then when they're old enough to have a say, can you just, like, turn it off? I guess you have to. I don't know how it's going to – I just think it's going to be so interesting to see what happens. Like, yeah. I mean, to my whole industry – in general like I th- I personally think that like our generation really loves blogs and hopefully people will always read them like no matter what age they are like it's different but I could see myself being 50 and re- reading blogs like if there were things that I could relate to well that's interesting like, I, there probably aren't really because blogging is so it's kind of a new phenomenon yeah so none of the mom bloggers children's have actually gotten to their teen years right yeah so I'm just so curious to see what will happen yeah in like 20 years when these kids are grown up yeah that is interesting yeah 
But I thought the comic angle was very cute, despite... I didn't really like Mike, so I was having trouble feeling bad for him. He yeah, was, like, I didn't kind of the either. stick in the mud. Yeah, but I I really felt for him with what he went through, because he asked his mom not to do it, and she didn't listen. Of course. Of course. On yeah. that side, I did feel for him. So, is there anything else you want to talk about about the book? I'm trying to think. I feel like we kind I of went out of order because we, we already talked yeah. about the ending and then yeah, we kind of I think like looped we, back. I think we got through it. Yeah, in different orders than we had originally planned to. But it, yeah, I think it. Um, we got through all of it. I liked this. Don't let Grace deter I didn't you. Not like it. I just didn't love it. I feel like if you liked to all the boys you I've loved before, which the whole internet did. Yes. It like everyone loved that everyone movie loved slash it. book. Yeah, I feel like this was to me better because the main character was less juvenile yes oh my gosh you know what I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do in our podcast I'm gonna in the group I'm gonna give mine away since it's a signed copy someone might want it oh yeah that's fine we'll do a giveaway so I'll post that in the group today okay but um yeah that'll be fun that'll be really fun. I do that sometimes in the Stripe Facebook group where I have like a good like advanced reader copy or something oh, special I love that idea um, pass it along but I'm really curious what our listeners think. I want to know yeah. if you liked this or if you were kind of eye-rolly about it. Because it seems like Grace and I are. I mean, I'm just eye-rolly about anything that's too saccharine. Like, If nobody dies, Grace is yeah, like, Yeah, I'm like, there roll. was no murder or, like, hot sex. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk yeah. about some other things that you actually are obsessed with. Yes. So my obsession this week is a shoe designer called Sarah Flint. I've never heard of her. Um, And if you look at my blog post from Monday, I did like my fall shoe guide with like all the shoes I'm most excited about. Um, So I learned about her at that luncheon with Cindy Crawford. So Cindy is an investor in the company and we all got a gift certificate for a pair of Sarah's shoes. And so I went onto the site and I was immediately like, these are perfect because they're sensible, but they're still cute. So what I ended up getting was a pair of cognac suede slingbacks with this like chunky little block heel. Like I love a good block heel because they're comfy and um, just like you can walk all over the place in them. But the block heel is actually like a beautiful like tortoise shell. Um, And they're just like the cutest shoes. They're I'd say that they're like a contemporary price point. Like they're around like $300. Okay. So they're not going to like they're still an investment, but they're not going to like bankrupt you like a pair of Manolo's would Mm -hmm. so I love them can't recommend her enough all the shoes are made in Italy they're beautifully designed blah 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 this is sounding like an ad it's not I don't (laughs) even have like an affiliate link um they're just great shoes well I'll have to check them out the brand is totally new to me I've never even heard of it it's a good one so I am obsessed with I joined Rent the Runway Unlimited. Yes, and she, to my birthday dinner, wore the cutest dress, and I was like, where is that from? I need it. It was from Rent the Runway. Yeah. So Who was the designer again? It was DVF. Oh, that's right. I thought it was Millie for some reason. No. So when I got back from Portugal, I, I've i just been like packing my calendar with all of these meetings, so I feel like I need to get dressed every day, but I'm so, I'm so sick of my clothes, I feel like I gained some weight this summer, so some of my clothes don't even fit, and I was just, like, really dreading getting dressed. That's the worst. So I joined Rent the Runway Unlimited so that I would feel excited about having something new to wear at least a couple of days a week, and I've only been doing it for 
probably two weeks now, but I'm pretty into it. So the deal is basically that you get four items at a time. How and much does it cost? So I think it costs about $150 a month, but they had a deal when I did it where you could get your first month for $99. Okay. So I figured I would try it out and yeah. see if I want to keep going. I keep saying I want to try that, but I think what I need to do is just wear the clothes that are in my closet. Well, I, I have a lot of shit. I'm always more excited about new stuff than Same. old stuff. So I really liked having it. I think the so the shipping is really quick to New York City because I think they ship from New Jersey. So mm-hmm. if you lived somewhere else, I don't know how you would feel about it. But I've been really excited about how many pieces I've been able to get. The only complaint I have, which isn't about them, is just that it's hard to figure out sizing yeah. because there's so many different brands. So like what runs small, what runs big, yeah. what runs short, what, you know, yeah, like yeah. just getting the hang of it. Where I feel like if you did it for a few months, you'd have a better sense of both the sizing across different brands, but then also some pieces that you knew would work so that you could yeah. re-rent some things and then try some new stuff too. Yeah. But it's kind of fun. It's like being able to pull from this really giant closet as long as you pre-plan. Yeah. And I've been really excited to just have so much new stuff to wear. Oh, I really want to try it, but... I, it's $100. Yeah. Just try it. Maybe I will. I think the only hard part, which was why I put it off for so long, is I am so bad at making returns. Yeah, I am too. So bad. I so hate I, to say this. Now I have an intern. I'm like, well, maybe she could return it for well, me. Well, I think I'm it's, an asshole. <laughs> I think it's because it's like novel to me that I feel like I'm able to keep up with it. But I feel yeah. like I'll probably stop after some time because it'll wear off and I'll be like, oh, wow, I got four pieces this month because I was too lazy to return anything yeah so all right really into it keep me posted I think maybe for holiday I might do that because yeah I have like so many holiday parties and events and I don't want to buy like five sequin dresses to wear them all yeah and then the other thing that I'm obsessed with is the good place came back do you watch the good place I do I didn't know it was back though came back last week Ooh, the good place is probably my favorite show on television right now Oh, that's a strong statement. Oh, my God. I think it's so funny. It's like it's so such funny. a bizarro concept where if somebody explained it to me, I would probably be like, I don't think I would like that. Yeah. But the writing is so good. It's so funny. I've watched the first two seasons so many times. Funny. So it came back last week and I watched the newest episode last okay. night. So if you're looking for something new to watch that's like pretty light yeah. and easy to binge through, I highly recommend back. The Good Place. What about Instagram? Oh, so I'm still, I feel like our podcast is outpacing my Instagram follows. <laughs> I feel the same Where way. Mine's an older one I like too. don't follow that many new accounts. But um, I was, I love following SNL on Facebook and on Instagram because I don't have cable anymore. Yeah. So SNL came back this past weekend, but I love getting like the little clips in my feed I'm following this now I didn't even know they had yeah they have great social media so it's NBC SNL and the day after especially on Sunday there's like such good content so I feel like I can catch I can like keep up with it even though I don't have cable and I like never actually watch a full episode of SNL oh I'm gonna do that yeah and the good thing is is that usually they only share and like really 
hawk the best stuff because you know how SNL usually has like some really great gems and then some duds yeah you don't have to watch the duds because they're only promoting the things that went over really well yeah okay what about you so mine's an older obsession it's just cool k-u-l-e I don't know what that is um they make the best striped t-shirts but their Instagram feed is really fun because it's all like I mean it's photos of their products but it's also like a lot of like older like photos of like famous people wearing stripes and it's just like a good inspiration board for like classic style okay I really like it and I just love seeing things that are striped so I just I really enjoy it great yeah what about reading what are you reading right now well so I reread this book because I read this over the summer so I spent some time doing that and then I also finished the book that I was reading last week called The Rise and Fall of Becky Sharp which is by Sarah Manning and I liked it. I feel like I ended up around a C plus for it. Okay. It was, so most of her previous books have been love stories. And I feel like this was about a girl. And she definitely had some love situations. <laughs> that sounds so weird. She definitely like had relationships, but it was really about her like striving to become something from her like background of like coming from like a poor orphaned family yeah so it wasn't exactly what I thought it would be I think is the problem more so than it wasn't good yeah okay but I liked it I didn't love it okay what about you I just finished love and other words by Christina Lauren and it's funny because Becca has read this and talked about it here, but apparently I forgot. Yeah, when I got to Grace's house, she's like, I just read the best book. And it's like, called Love it. in Other Words. And I was like, yeah, I read it over the summer. I talked about it on the podcast. And she was like, oh. We talk about a lot of books here. So it's funny because I had gotten sent an advanced reader copy of it. And then I saw my friend Helena, who is, um, she's another Instagram obsession, Brooklyn Blonde. She's got a great feed, and she talks about books and skincare a lot, so we have a lot of similar interests. Um, She was talking about love and other words and how she couldn't put it down. And I was like, I think I have that in my pile. And I had just started a really shitty thriller. I'm not going to say the name of it, but I was like, I hate this. So I had just, like, put it down and didn't know what I was going to read next. And I picked it up, and I was just – immediately drawn in so it alternates it's um told by the perspective of this girl macy she's in her late 20s and it alternates back and forth between her um in high school and her now and it's really like the love story of her best friend who becomes her boyfriend um and it's really sweet and then modern day where she's engaged to somebody else who's much more like financially stable and secure, but it's not like they're not even in love and they have no spark. So it's kind of just like this whole story of Macy and Elliot. There is a huge twist into why they. I think that's why you liked it because it uh-huh. wasn't a thriller, but there was a there big was twist. There was a big twist and I was like, oh my God. And I started to cry and it made me so sad. I, I loved this book so much. It was good. I agree with you. Yeah. Like parts of it felt a little slow and saccharine and I was like, eh. But I think that the twist and like also just really like wanting them to be together like really mm-hmm. like worked for me. Okay. It's kind of like ghosted because it's like similar. Like it's a love story but there's a big twist. I liked, I liked it better than ghosted. I liked it better than ghosted too. Yeah. Yeah. This was, I mean this is getting... And Ghosted, I feel like the twists didn't make 
enough sense. Where in this one, I do feel like it was set up really well. Where yeah. when the twist happened, you were like, oh, man. Yeah. But yeah. this makes sense. This isn't like totally left field. I have yeah. no, like, it really just feels like you picked this out of a hat. Yeah. It was good. I loved it. Yeah. It's so, a good book. It's one of the better books I've read this fall. I read a lot. So I would highly recommend it. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Well, don't read that book. You should read the book for our next podcast. Yeah, in two weeks, we're going to talk about Charlotte Walsh Likes to Win by Joe Piazza. Yes. So I've been so excited to talk about this book. So this book is about a woman who is a kind of Sheryl Sandberg-esque tech executive who quits her very high-powered job to move home to her home state of Pennsylvania and run for Senate against a very crusty old white man type candidate. Yeah. His name is Tug. So just imagine. <laughs> like, <laughs> And not only was this book awesome, I really enjoyed it. I thought it brought up a lot of important points about oh my gosh, what so it many. takes for women to run for national office, yeah. both in terms of like the family dynamics that need to fall into place and like the sacrifices that they have to make, but also the double standards that exist for women, whereas men like Tug can just do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And in the copy that I have, there was a editor's note that said that this is actually the first book, the first fictional book, that deals with the topic of a woman running for national political office. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, that struck me as crazy. That's crazy. Like, I've read so many women political books but none of them are running for office I guess they're all memoirs of people who worked for Obama yeah I mean they're not fiction yeah so there's no narratives about women running for office like yeah we read so many books about women being scorned lovers or women being Uh mothers or murderers murderers. (laughs) (laughs) but like there's none about women running for office so I just I thought that this was really important and I loved the book, but I think there was also, like, more to it culturally. Yeah. I think it's going to be a good episode, too. We're not going to disagree. I think we agree pretty strongly about how good this book is. But it's – oh, I love it. I can't wait to talk about it. So please pick it up. And in the meantime, we're also going to announce two Next Up books. So we'll put those in the Facebook group and on our Instagram feed. Yeah. So I guess we'll see you on the internet. Yeah, see you later, guys. Um, Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.